The following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. I'm I'm, I'm a transition pastor, Lyle Schmidt, and I'm uh, pleased to be a part of Highlands. I'm helping transition between two uh, full-time permanent pastors. And so we're still in the midst of that, that journey, and still, it, it's a much like a road trip. We've been on a road trip through Acts with the first century church for the last 12 weeks. Those of you who are very observant can notice that the car started at the far left 12 weeks ago, and it's now finally at a crossroads. I'm not sure which way it's going to turn there, but that's where we are. We've spent 12 weeks in the book of Acts and uh, so now we change seasons. We leave the road trip. We enter Advent, a time of, of focusing in on the birth of the Lord Jesus and all that uh, that means to us. I don't know how you feel, but this time of year feels a little bit frustrating to me because I, I'm one of those people who just likes to enjoy a holiday for what it is, and I hate to rush from one to the next. You ever feel like you're being just kind of pushed along, and you don't really get to just kind of sit back? Thanksgiving just happened. I mean, it was just two or three days ago, right, where we just kind of had a time to sit back and relax, take deep breaths, just think about all of the things that we're thankful for and the goodness of God in our lives. And then Black Friday happens, or was it Black Thursday? It's amazing how life goes in such circles, and it seems as I get older and older, they go faster and faster. These times just keep coming around. The, the, it seems like we just started 2012, and, and in just a few weeks it's ending, and we've got so many things to, to pack into it. Our lives are all like this cycle, and, then, and this time of year, it just kind of all gets turned around and mixed up, and, and we need some time to just stop and step back and think about what it all it means, what it's really about, and, and take time to focus on, on the true meaning of, of Thanksgiving, let alone the whole holiday Christmas season and what that means. Life is cyclical. It keeps going around and around. And that's the way things were for the early church as well. Things moved around in cycles. And Paul, where we find him this morning, is, is kind of at the end of his, his missionary tours. Uh, you, you've, you find that when you get to the end of something, it really is not necessarily the end, though. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul discovered as the third missionary journey was about to end he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he was near the city of Ephesus. And he called for the leaders of that great church, the, the Ephesian church, to come and to bless them and bid them farewell that day. And to really, it was heavy on his heart to say goodbye. But he wanted them to know that the journey was not ending, that the mission was not over. That there, was still, that there were still things to do. There were still things to be done. Listen to what he says to the church in the 20th chapter, verse 22. And now, Paul says, Compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me 
If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That was Paul's focus, to finish his mission, to finish not a, a mission that, that founded churches, but to, to the mission of testifying of the grace of our Lord Jesus. You see, starting churches was just something that happened with Paul. It wasn't his mission. It's something that was just a, a, an outpouring of his sharing of his life with those around us. And he's, he focused on his final time as a leader in the church. As he was headed to Jerusalem, his heart was heavy. He was now to leave the tasks in the hands of those he had taught and instructed and led into the very presence of God. He wanted them now to finish the task of sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus with the people of their communities and the world around them. Paul was determined to share his life, no matter what the cost, no matter what the hardship. It was his focus in life, and it was a one-line focus. Things did not deter him. Things did not misdirect him. Things did not sidetrack him. Things sidetrack us, but Paul was one who had this myopic vision of what he was to do and how he was going to accomplish it. I don't know, maybe it's the holiday season and the approach of, of all of these things that make people think back, but I, I've been thinking back to, to the times of my own growing up. As I was a young boy, uh, we had a family of, of six. I have, I have an older brother and two younger sisters. And I, I remember that we were just such a real tight family. And I think I attribute most of that to my mother. My dad's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He is a wonderful guy. And, but my mom was one who really helped pull us together. She's the one who actually gave our family identity and in a way some purpose. Because every Christmas, she would make us all matching plaid flannel shirts. You could not mistake the Schmidt family because we were usually dressed in matching outfits. My sisters are wearing matching outfits. Uh, this was our Christmas card one year, I think in 1963. I still have that snack pack. It just kind of never, you know, when you look at old pictures, you go, man, I just haven't changed, have I? My mom gave our family some identity because of the way she was. She wanted us to be identified as a family. She wanted us, the, the world around us, to know that we were a part of the same group. One year we were at the, the county fair, Fresno County Fairgrounds, and a photographer from the Fresno Bee spotted us. Who could miss six people dressed identically walking around the fair? <laughs> Unless they were some clown group, I don't know. But anyway, we were there, and they... But the photographer took a picture of my dad and my two sisters, who were just cute as could be. We were, my brother and I, we were older. We weren't very cute anymore, but they were cute and holding a little piglet that made the newspaper about the county fair. And they were all three dressed identically. My mom had that vision for us. 
And she was determined to have that vision portrayed to the world around us. You see, as Paul leaves his journey, as Paul finishes his task, he wants the church to have identity. He wants the world around the church to see them and go, I know these people are different because of what they do, how they act, what they share with those around them. That's what Paul wanted for the early church and for us. He's leaving them. He's going on to Jerusalem. He says in the text, not knowing what will happen, but the immediate verse after that says, only hardship and prison. Doesn't sound like a fun time to me. I don't know about you, but uh, going to Jerusalem, knowing that hardship and imprisonment awaited you, that was the Apostle Paul. He knew what was coming to him, and it didn't deter him one bit. The Apostle Paul, we're told in Scripture, was stoned at least once, probably more than that. He was beaten with rods, which, you know, we think of maybe a short thing, but these were long rods. These were like whips. He was beaten three times. He was shipwrecked three times. He was flogged five times. He was no stranger to hardship. And he was going now to Jerusalem to end his missionary tours, knowing that hardship and imprisonment would await him. We think our lives are hard when we can't get that hard-to-come-by gift for somebody on Christmas. And here the apostle Paul knows what's coming, and it does not deter him. In fact, it motivates him. And he shares that with the people of Ephesus knowing that they will support him, knowing that they will pray for him, knowing that they will be an encouragement to him. His eyes were on the finish line. They weren't on the hardship and difficulty that were coming. We so often do that. We'll look at the hardship. We'll look at the woe is me factor, how hard things have become, how, you know, how things around us should have been different, how life dealt us a, a bad hand. And so often... We're willing to just give up, aren't we? We trip and fall, and so we go, I just can't do it. I, I, I'm done. There's too many ahead of me. There's too much difficulty ahead of me. It would be too hard to pick myself up and to continue on. And so we, we stop. We can have a, a safe life, can't we? And we really don't accomplish a whole lot, especially nothing of eternal significance. We can believe in God, but the Scripture tells us demons believe in God. At least they shudder with that knowledge. We can desire God's grace in our lives, but most often we just want the cheap kind, the kind that just says, whatever you want to do is okay with me. But we know that in Christ calls us to something far deeper, far better, far more powerful for each one of us. And it is the knowledge of the firsthand giving of God's grace into our lives, which gives us the ability to keep our eyes on the goal of sharing that grace with others around us. You know, we trip ourselves up more often than not. And we fall. And it looks like we're never going to make it. But if we take our eyes off the finish line, 
We don't. We give up. We walk off. We let others have their way. You see, God could have done that with us too. He could have just given up on us. But yet he sent Jesus as a redeemer, as a savior, and as a Lord. And those are easy words to say, but they are impactful. They are important words. He came to redeem us, to rescue us, to take us away from the things that entrap and ensnare our lives, and to call us into service for him. Not an enslavement, but in a side-by-side oneness of purpose and direction. Paul talked as if his journey was over, as if his mission were coming to an end. And in a way, I thought, I think maybe he thought that, that he would no longer make any more mission trips. But what that imprisonment and hardship in Jerusalem meant was that he would go to, he would go to Rome. And while he was in Rome, he began to write more and more to the churches, words of encouragement, words of support, words that give us, even to today, the strength and the knowledge of what God has in store for us. He wrote Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, Philippians, all letters to those churches, and in a very real sense, Paul revisited them. And he revisits Passerobles through them even today. You see, we think that because hardship comes that it's the end. But in a very real sense, it just is an opening of a door to a new adventure, a new direction, a new journey, a new purpose for us to share the message of Jesus Christ with those around us, of what he means to us and how he can be of meaning and purpose to them. Paul finished his tasks. The next task opened up. And I I don't know about you, I love finishing tasks. You know, household project, by the time you get it done, it's nice to be able to step back and enjoy your accomplishment. You get the Christmas lights up, and they work. There's joy, right? Right? You get, the, you get other things to, together, your, your Christmas shopping, and it's done, and you can sit back and just enjoy the giving and the sharing of those things. There's joy in finishing tasks. But I think one thing that gives even greater joy is realizing that when one task is finished, another task is now at hand. doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. When you're little, it's school and it's the next grade. When you're in your midlife, it's children and it's family and it's community. And when you're old, it's, it's retirement things that just keep flooding in and you almost have to say, stop, it's enough. I have to choose what direction my life is going to go. There is always something. And God is the one who's opening the doors to our lives to give them even more purpose as we grow and mature and draw closer to Him. New tasks always are presenting themselves to us. And in a way, that's why Jesus came, was to complete a task. Why He came as a child in a manger wasn't just so that we might have beautiful Christmas cards to give. 
He came for a purpose. He came for a reason. And it was in the fulfillment of that reason, it was in the fulfillment of that purpose that we too come into the family of God and that others come in to the family of God. What a great joy we have because our Lord Jesus was determined to fulfill his purpose in coming as a babe in a manger so long ago. Our tasks are not complete. Our journey may not be at an end, even though we're finishing up with the book of Acts and the road trip of the early church. The tasks God has for us still lie ahead. The greater tasks, the more blessed tasks still lie ahead. Do we shrink back because something happened? Some difficulty came into our lives? That there's just so much stuff pushing its way in that there doesn't seem to be room for a relationship with Jesus Christ anymore? Or do we say that is our focus? That is truly our destination. That is truly our goal. To grow in our faith and our understanding of who God is and his purposes for us. And to grow in our ability and our desire to seek out what he wants us to do in this world and in our lives. To share the grace God has placed in each one of us is our call, just as it was for the Apostle Paul. Now, it it manifests itself in various ways, but ultimately, to know the grace of God is what God wants for each one of us. It is God's gift to us. It is what takes us full circle in our lives and begins us again on another journey of being who God wants us to be. We can shrink back and take our eyes off the goal and we will fall and step aside. Or we can look ahead and keep our eyes on the goal. No matter what the hardship and difficulty that comes, God walks with each one of us through that. And that is the blessing we have in completing the journey with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you that you are such a great God. We thank you that you desire for us to be a part of your eternal kingdom, that you lay before us goals, that you lay before us directions to travel, that you lay before us opportunities to share of the grace you have given to each one of us. Lord, you have blessed us so much as we look back. We need nothing else. We only need to keep our eyes, Lord, on the goal, the finish line, and know that you walk with us, and to know that you don't abandon us when we fall, but that you pick us up and travel with us and see us through to the completion of the sharing of your grace to those around us. Bless us as your people, Lord, in this season. May we take time to look for the goal and to continue on the road you have called us to travel. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen. 
This has been a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org.